And good afternoon, Chair Riley and EDAC members. This meeting has been held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E. And in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the EDAC or Advisory Economic Development Advisory Committee for today will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. All right, thank you, Serge. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Riley, chair of EDAC. Uh, thank you for your flexibility in allowing us to have this meeting today on Tuesday instead of uh, on our normal Mondays. But a few members that are presenting uh, were unable to make it yesterday due to travel. So uh, we adjusted today. Appreciate it. Uh, Serge, at this time, can we please do a roll call to make sure we have a quorum? Sure. EDAC member Lang. John DeRay. Present. Rachel Scott. Scott Thornburg. Here. Chris Gallagher. Malcolm Morgan. Monica Finnegan. Here. John Daglow. Here. Teresa Ancona. Uh, Vice Chair Cass Green. Here. And Chair Riley. Here. Now, um, that gives us six of 11 members. So uh, possibly moving this date, um, challenge some of their ability to attend. I had heard from Rachel, she was unable to make it in Chris Gallagher. Uh, we'll see if Teresa, Malcolm and Bob are able to join us, but it does give us a quorum of six of 11. So we can, can um, this is Julie. Teresa will not be joining. Okay, so Teresa's not going to make it. Okay. So before we start, I'd like to ask for any public comments or items that are not on the agenda. So Serge, can you help me monitor if any hands are raised? Maybe you can give some instructions. Sure. Video or audio public um, comment participation is limited. <clears throat> to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Um, Chair Riley, I do see one hand raised and if you allow me one second, let me start the camera. Thank you, and welcome to the meeting, Sandra. Please uh, uh, share your talk. Oh. Hi, <clears throat> excuse me, hello. I just wanted to uh, make an announcement that there's gonna be a showing of the Marin Ship documentary, A Point in Time, meeting now, uh, this uh, Saturday night, June 11th at the Presidio Yacht Club at 6.30. I think you can um, just uh, go to the Sausalito Working Waterfront Coalition uh, and find there uh, the link. Sorry about my dog. <laughs> He's out of control again. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. Sandra, thank you for the public announcement. I have seen the documentary. I highly recommend it. Uh, not only is it a great show, but the Presidio Yacht Club will be a really cool venue as well. So, uh, and our very own John DeRay is the director of that documentary. So, um, Please try to see it if you have nothing to do on Saturday night. And if you have something to do on Saturday night, cancel it and go see the documentary. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Really, I see no other hands raised. Thank you, Serge. Um, okay, at this time, we're, we have no minutes to approve for this meeting, so we can skip business item, or item number three, and we can skip public comments since there's no minutes there. So we'll move to uh, item number four, which is our business items. And we are gonna begin with a very uh, special set of discussions. And I would like to begin, well, we wanna recognize uh, some members of the community that have gone above and beyond and have really delivered uh, great value to us uh, residents of Sausalito. And we have the Economic Development Advisory Committee Community Impact Award. Uh, and we would like to recognize two individuals. And so I'm gonna turn it over to Mr. John DeRay, who nominated one individual that we unanimously supported. And John will uh, present uh, our first EDAC Community Impact Award. John, please. Uh, John needs to unmute. Um, Serge, you might have to help, help unmute. I got it, thank you. Uh, thanks, Tom. Um, so I nominated um, Mike Linder, who is the owner of Bayside Boatworks. Um, I got to know Mike a few years ago, um, had some friends who had uh, worked on, on their boats at Bayside Boatworks. And um, as I met Mike and, and got to know him a little bit, I realized what an asset he is to the community in a lot of different ways and over a long period of time, um, whether it's people borrowing his forklift, other companies around town to use it. Um, he's done a, a lot of work uh, for the art festival over the years. Um, he's been working with Michael Rex on the Van Dam ferry wheel uh, project where they're gonna uh, erect some kind of a little monument on the north side of town. Uh, Mike helped pull that uh, paddle wheel out of the mud. Um, Mike also uh, works on all the San Francisco fireboats, and they're good friends to have in case of an emergency. Um, as, as we know, one of those fireboats saved uh, the Marina District in San Francisco. It's the, it's the boat that's currently hauled out now down there. Um, and then uh, the, the latest thing I, I found out that he's done is He's participating in this um, apprenticeship program that uh, Spalding has, where they're uh, training these uh, young marine technicians. There's a big shortage, and so they've gone through the training at the uh, at Spalding, and now they're rotating uh, these folks through different maritime businesses around the Bay Area. And Mike's participating in that. So, um, anyway, I think Mike's been an asset to the community, and I don't know if we're going to let him say a few words, Tom, as part of this or not, but. Uh, that's my uh, uh, reasoning, and uh, I'd like to congratulate Mike for getting that award. Tom, you're you're muted now. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, John, um, and yes, Mike, uh, if you have a few words, you want to turn your camera. We'd love to see you. But uh, on behalf of all of EDAC, thank you for your contributions. Uh, okay, I'm Mike Linder. I uh, appreciate getting recognized. I've been here going to be 30 oh, stupid thing yeah we hear you mike i've been been here i'm going to be here 34 years in july and uh, we we haul all kinds of boats and quite big variety of boats and um uh, we're just happy to be here and uh we'd like to keep going so uh 
thanks for recognizing me. And I'd like to recognize also my landlord here who's, who's kept me going here and also uh, helped with the maritime, uh, keeping that going too. That's a Lemon family. And, uh, and especially John Duray for all his, he's amazing. So we, you know, if we're gonna move ahead, John Duray will be a big part of that. So uh, I wanna thank the city of Sausalito and uh, all of you, thank you. Thank you, Mike. We look forward to the next 34 years. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Um, we will now move on to a next individual we want to recognize. And I'm going to turn the mic over to Ms. Monica Finnegan to recognize our next individual. Thank you, Tom. I'm going to ask Heidi Scoble to um, turn on her video. Did she go away? There no. she is. <laughs> there she is. A famous Heidi Scoble. Um, okay, so I just wanted to sort of put a few words out that this award is for a merchant, a citizen, an individual or business or city employee that performs a service, provides an idea or promotes an attitude that supports the improvement and vitality of our community. And those words describe Heidi unremarkably perfectly well. So I'm gonna read what we developed to acknowledge you and thank you for everything that you have done for the city and all of the businesses that we have um, been trying to work with in the city. During 2022, during 20 and 2022, coronavirus pandemic challenges and continuing on with numerous other city planning initiatives Heidi Scoble diligently with deep knowledge and exceptional customer su support assisted the community, residents and businesses and EDAC efforts in improving and executing on com complicated and important community development permitting and planning projects. She has done a tremendous service for our community, has exhibited excellent commitment to her city council and staff members and deserves our heartfelt thanks. Heidi, you're remarkable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss you like whatever you can say. And thank you so much for being with us over these years. Well, thank you so much, Monica, and the entire EDAC and you know the community of Sausalito. Um, as you know, Sausalito has always been in my heart. I've spent a large um, part of my career in Sausalito. And I just, it's been such a pleasure and an honor to serve this community. And one of the things that I have always loved about planning um, is figuring out how to make the process easier on everybody. Because it's a win-win at the end of the day if we can make everybody happy. So um, it, I'm super grateful to Adam Pulitzer for hiring me back <laughs> for the third time. And, um, and it's been a great pleasure working with Chris Zapata and the entire city council um, is amazing. And this EDAC has been great. I, I don't know if um, you all remember, but I helped Yulia and Adam with the creation of EDAC. And, and I've been with you all along the way. I've had a, a couple months off um, while I moved back to community development. But I, I think what you're doing is amazing and it's bringing vibrance back to the downtown and the community. So, so keep up the good fight. <laughs> <laughs> now, Heidi, may, I, may I say um, we're already working on how to hire you back for a fourth time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, and I do want to just say that it was the hardest decision to to leave Sausalito, uh, but at this it's time um, for my 
family and, and myself professionally, it was the right move, but please know it was really difficult. And again, Sausalito will always be in my heart and I'm just down the street. So <laughs> I live in Larkspur and, um, and I'm happy to help and volunteer anything, any of my time that I can um, for, for Sausalito. Cause again, it's such a great community and I would love to, to see it flourish even more. We know where you live. Yes. You're not getting too far from us. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. And Mike, yeah. thank you. Congratulations to both of you for this recognition. Uh, you both have had a great impact on our community. Uh, Mike for 34 years, uh, Heidi for the past few years. So um, <laughs> we really uh, appreciate both of you. Okay. Thank you. Um, so now when I go for, um, public comment on the EDAC Community Impact Award. So uh, if there's any public comment, we can accept that at this time. Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment. All right, thank you. Um, we'll move on to item 4.2, the Marketing Subcommittee Report. And I'd like to ask Monica to uh, provide an update. Let me just quickly go over some of the things that are happening. Um, all of you know and have heard a lot about Wednesday Night Live, and it's really starting, especially with the warm weather, it's last um, June 1st <laughs> was a nightmare. It's the first time a band could not make it because of COVID, and we scrambled and we found a really great replacement that was lots of fun. Uh, July 6th is the Hot Clams, and August 3rd is this new group of banjos and fiddlers, so it should be really fun and has proven to be a really good community builder. I would say we had maybe 200 people at the Wednesday Night Live on Caledonia, so that was fun. A couple things we're working on, and I'm just gonna blitz them because um, we're trying hard to make these things happen, and some of them may not happen, but we're working with a purveyor who would like to do a farmer's market, which I think would be really exciting if we could put it together, and we would have a trial case over the summer of the next August, September, October, and then open it up with, with vibrancy the following 2023. There's a biking program that above category is trying to put together and I'm giving them a little bit of assistance, but um, we'll see how it works. They are looking for a group of bikers to come uh, to the city and do a gravel path and come back down and uh, all the people on Caledonia are excited and supporting their efforts. And the last really fun thing that we're working on is um, it's called Black Bark. And it is about a dog um, pop-up where a number of the businesses that are in Marin City would be bringing dog groomers, dog shampoo, dog treats, dog walkers, all these kinds of things. That, so we're trying to partner with Marin City and promote some of the businesses that they have there, as well as um, be friends with our um, barking neighbors. So those are some things that are happening. Um, and I think the whole marketing, you'll hear more about more of the marketing efforts from Scott and from Cass, because they're all part of the committee trying to do things um, of spectacular efforts for the city. That's Thank it. Thank you, Monica. Um, those, are, those are some great updates. Um, because we have these line item, we have to do public comment on each of these. So I'd like to see if there's any public comment on Monica's um, presentation. 
Chair Riley, there are no hands raised. Any questions or comments from the other members before we move on? Thank you. Uh, I did a question, Monica, that farmer's market, do you have a location in mind? Uh, we're thinking about uh, parking lot two on a Saturday from eight to 11. Okay. Um, the one thing to watch out for is don't do it the day of the car club that shows up there. I thought that there would be a nice compliment because the car club doesn't take all of the parking lot and make, maybe make a combination. Okay. So, yeah. Well, so with them, that'd be good. Yeah, we're working on that too. Okay. All right, let's move on to item 4.3, which is a CDA uh, marketing and social media update. I'll pass it to Scott. Great, thank you. I'm gonna present my screen. Um, Kevin is um, unable to be with us today. Um, so I'm gonna present the slides that he shared. Uh, one second. Okay. Um, and while you're bringing it up, can I ask all others to go on mute? Uh, we're getting some background noise. Might be from Kevin. I think Kevin Carroll, you might be off mute. Okay. All right, Leah, we'll take care of that. All right. Um, great. So, can everyone see my screen? Yes. Okay. Great. Um, so, um, the uh, first things up. Um, so, last month we had a uh, we had asked Kevin and team um, to help promote. There was an uh, Art for Ukraine event at the Bank of America building, um, part, uh, sponsored or coordinated, facilitated, organized by um, the New Center for the Arts um, and the um, Art Foundation um, and Sauce Leaders. So um, this uh, is a great example of um, perfect timing for um, for earned media and, and PR. Um, obviously, um, the, the, the world is rallying around Ukraine right now. Um, and, um, you know, and art is the, is the heart of Sausalito, is, is a big part of what we are known for. Kind of bringing those together, um, we, we got a lot of really fantastic media coverage. Um, no, and, and I think everyone knows, but my background is in uh, public relations and, and media, and I will tell you, these are uh, major articles that, um, you know, uh, companies would be very, very pleased to see. So it was great to see this all about Sausalito. Um, and about us um, using art for good in, in, in town. And that is part of our ethos, part of what Sausalito is known for. So um, you see here, there was an article, um, a big story in, in, um, on Cron Channel 4. Uh, we also had East Bay Magazine, Sonoma Magazine, uh, Wall Creek, Walnut Creek Magazine, um, SF Gate, Marin Fun Sheet, Marin Independent. I'm not gonna read through the whole list, but you'll see um, you know, ranging uh, far out into the East Bay, North Bay, um, and even um, some into the South Bay, we see a lot of great, uh, San Francisco and into the South Bay, you see a lot of really great coverage from the region, um, encouraging people to come into Sausalito. And from what I uh, hear, it was a very successful weekend for them um, and, and really gave a, a, a nice opportunity for people to visit Sausalito and um, and learn more about what um, what it means to, to be in Sausalito right now. So. Um, a few more examples of that coverage yet, yeah, Tom? I was just interrupt. Just we'll share the results of that. I, I think everyone here in town should be proud that Sausalito hosted this in a city-owned property. Um, all the artists donated their art, and uh, forty thousand dollars of art was sold in two days, and one hundred percent of those proceeds went to 
uh, Ukraine. I believe it was the Red Cross. Um, so that's that's a big donation coming from our community, and uh, we should all be very proud of that. Yeah, should be very proud of that. Great use of great use of city property, um, and thanks to all the volunteers, uh, Monica and others that helped to make that happen. Um, this was a, another, again, just perfect, perfect moment, great story. Um, Visit California featured um, uh, this kind of art for Ukraine um, concept in uh, in some of their promotions. So, in addition to what we were doing um, and getting great um, press coverage, Visit California was also helping us promote this on, on national and international um, channels. Um, again, we got uh, great print articles here um, from Pacific Sun. Um, and uh, and and um, the couple of other publications, um, and we also had it in the seven by seven. Thirty fun things to do. Seven by seven is a very popular um, uh, San Francisco magazine, um, looking for locals and even people coming into the region looking for things to do. So great to really see this. Um, we're also um, a couple of things that Kevin um, asked me to highlight here. I'm just going to pull up my notes. Apologies. Uh, um, we connected briefly yesterday. Um, so um, it did, uh, again, just did very well in terms of coverage. Um, it's a great example of an event that brings both people into the city to spend uh, while also being very topical um, internationally. Um, the um, couple of things that they are working on, um, and you'll see this kind of bottom left here, they're getting a lot of questions about um, houseboats in Sausalito. Um, a lot of media inquiries. Um, we have been kind of directing them to the um, Houseboat Association, the Floating Homes Association, um, but wanted to kind of run that past this group and, and get some um, advice, feedback, ideas for how to direct um, people here. I think there's a um, couple things. We, we know that there are no short-term rentals in Sausalito or very, very few, if any. So there's not really an opportunity to promote that. And I think we, we don't necessarily want to promote that. My understanding is also that we don't necessarily want people wandering around the houseboats. Um, those uh, those are private residences, so we don't want to really direct people there. Um, and at the same time, um, that's a, a really important part of our waterfront. Um, that is a really uh, beautiful part of our waterfront that makes Sausalito um, unique. Um, and so we want to highlight that in some way and, and really open to ideas. Don't necessarily need to discuss that today, but if you have ideas and you want to send me notes, we'd be very open to um, hearing from people because this continues to be um, a request that um, that Kevin Seaman is, is getting. Um, just wanted to flag that. Um, the uh, a couple of other things they are also putting together a playlist, a Sausalito playlist um, that we'll be using to promote Wednesday Night Live um, and other just kind of the the funky uh, musical history of Sausalito. Uh, we've identified about a hundred albums. Um, that, that were recorded in Sausalito. Um, but we have right now uh, one, um, one resource that we've been using to kind of pull some of this information together. Um, and we're looking for um, additional um, uh, records, really. We need proof <laughs> that these albums and these songs uh, were recorded in Sausalito. Um, so uh, if anyone has ideas there, we, we thought about reaching out to the um, the, historic, the Historical Society group and, and seeing what they might have, um, but really open to other ideas here. Um, then um, uh, I'll, I'll pause there for a second. John, I see you have your hand raised. You want to go ahead and ask your question and then I'll, I'll finish this up. Well, I just have two comments related to what you just mentioned. Um, first of all, uh, Victoria Colella has been giving 
houseboat tours for many, many years. So she is a resource for that. Um, secondly, regarding the, the music, uh, the plant, the record plant down in the Marin ship is, uh, I think, where a lot of this happened and where a lot of this history is. So before COVID, they used to have, you know, it was open. You can go in there and get a little tour. I don't know anything in the last year or two. And I know they changed ownership, but I believe it's still set up as a recording studio. Um, but it sounds like they're, that's on your radar anyway. So. Uh, no, that that's helpful. Um, I think that's exactly the the. Um, thank you for the name for the. Uh, if you have contact information for that, um, Victoria. Yes, I can. I can send that to you. Yes. Will you send that to me? That'd be awesome. Sure. Thank you. And then, um, yeah, we're we're. That's exactly what we're trying to find. I think is you know um, any any kind of documented evidence that we can use to point to because you know, um, they'll be asking to see our notes to to kind of show you know. Sasi is known for music, but but how and and what does that mean? Um, but we think this is a really cool opportunity to talk about all of the unique musical history of Sausalito. Um, we I hear these wonderful kind of stories about you know oh well this was, you know Janis Joplin was you know um, you know at the Trident every Friday night or whatever the story is, and uh, I feel like those are exactly the kind of um, of interesting history that makes for a great story. And that's the kind of thing that we're looking to do. We think this could have a really great tie-in for like Wednesday Night Live. We can talk about the history of Sausalito and how we are keeping that alive with Wednesday Night Live and Jazz by the Bay and, and other other events. So um, yeah, thank you for that. that I, I, um, I didn't realize that, I don't know if they're open now, but I think that's a, a great resource we should look into. Um, the other note um, from Kevin, um, we he shared um, in April a, a marketing PDF, just a marketing guide for local businesses um, to get uh, some content from local businesses to promote on Destination Sausalito channels. They have not received very many um, responses from local businesses on this. Um, I told Kevin this may be something we just need to print out and, and put in their hands and uh, and you know, get get in front of them. Um, but essentially, the uh, they are looking specifically for local content that they can use to promote, um, like you know, uh, top you know top things to do in Sausalito, or hey, here are five places you can go to get X, um, or just anything more that we can do to highlight local businesses. Um, so, uh, as you all know. Um, a lot of local business owners are not necessarily marketers, and so they put this guide together with that in mind to kind of give them some some help. Uh, and, and we're looking to, uh, like I said, get this into their hands. So we will um, we'll share that around again. And as all of you are meeting with people, um, you know, grab their email. You can send it to me, or or we'll get the PDF to you for you to send around. Um, but it would really be uh, helpful if everyone could help us promote this. Um, yes, Cass. Um, how about doing a presentation at the chamber? You or Kevin just directly going to the chamber. If Julie can facilitate that, that seems, I'm sure a lot of people aren't aware that this service is available. They could get yeah. supported like that. So it might be really great if you could do something at the chamber. That's a great idea. I'll work with, uh, with Julie on that. Um, because I definitely think that we, uh, we want to, we want to promote as many local businesses as we can. And um, there's a lot of great, a lot of great stuff here. We want to show it off. So um, and then um, last thing, um, he has some uh, a note here about Instagram Reels. 
Um, for those of you on Instagram, there are a couple of different ways that you can view content. Um, if you've heard of TikTok, um, TikTok is, is really popular right now as a social media channel and Instagram is trying to compete with them. Um, and as a result, um, this, this phone size um, uh, format, this size of, of content uh, as a video is uh, disproportionately being shown more than any other content on Instagram right now. Um, what that means for us is that we have an opportunity to create custom content um, that we are not just promoting, but, but Facebook and the Instagram ecosystem is helping us to promote um, because the, the, the algorithms disproportionately show that content, which gives us an opportunity to reach more people. Um, so that's a part of what they're asking local businesses for is just uh, recommendations on, on that kind of content. So, or, or more, more of that kind of content that they can help to promote. Um, so let me power through this really quick. So um, some of the uh, KPIs from this month, um, as you can see, there were 314 published posts, um, a lot of great coverage um, this month from um, various activities, um, 287,500 um, um, in additional audience. This is print publication, the reach of print publications, um, 1.6 million um, estimated digital views of these articles. Um, and then there were 2,000 social shares. That's um, quite a lot. So we're great. We're really happy to see that. Um, we had uh, an increase of, uh, of, of social media followers, and you can see the breakdown here. Um, sorry, my, the, um, the, uh, yeah, here we go. So um, an increase of social media followers um, quarter over quarter, um, all the way down. Um, and uh, we're seeing a great, um, again, great hashtag volume, meaning that um, the, the businesses and the activities that are tagged in Sausalito are being used. Um, and we're, we're seeing a lot of people that are um, actively tagging things to do in Sausalito, uh, which is great to see. Um, more um, impressions served, um, where we were, um, you know, one ad uh, served uh, is, is, you know, one one-to-one -one impression. So there were 18,000 um, in, in the second quarter of the year, 18,000 people saw Sausalito ads. Um, and there were of that uh, about 69 um, click, clicks through to um, more information. It's great to see. Um, and then for that paid media audience, this is primarily promoting Wednesday Night Live. Um, so we had a couple of really great um, Wednesday Night Live events that uh, Monica um, and others helped to coordinate. Um, and uh, we had great uh, reach um, from that. So um, great to see that. And we were targeting specifically individuals in uh, our area. So Sausalito, Mill Valley, Tiburon, Belvedere, Cormadera, um, Larkspur, San Rafael, Ross, and San Antonio. Um, we were also, just as a clarifier, uh, San Francisco is not on here because we were promoting them with earned media, not, not paid. Um, this is specifically uh, paid. Um, and that's all I have. Thank you, Scott, for a thorough presentation and, and, and uh, all the information. Any questions from community members for Scott? Okay, at this time, Serge, can you, uh, let's open this up for public comment and see if the public have any comment on this presentation. Um, Chair Riley, I don't see any hands raised at the moment. Okay, uh, Scott, thank you to you and Kevin for that. Um, our next items, 4.4, 4.5, and 4.6, are brand development update, street lighting proposal update, and the business improvement district update. 
Um, these three items, we're also gonna cover in item 410, which is our funding request for next year. So in the spirit of efficiency, I'm suggest, I'd like to suggest we skip them and cover them in item 410. Is everyone comfortable with that? That'd be Cass and Scott, you're the presenters, so. Yep, totally. Okay, so um, can we just reflect the minutes that we're gonna cover items 44, 45, and 46 in business item 410 later in this presentation and we'll take public comment uh, in that section. Okay, so we will go to item 4.7, which is a business development update uh, from Monica. Monica, sorry to catch you off guard if you weren't quite ready yet, but uh, we moved right up on you. Monica, you're on mute. Monica? Okay, um, thanks. Um, not off guard, ready to go. So. Um, many of you heard a few of these things, but a couple new things are open for discussion. Um, all of you know that Cultivar, the restaurant, uh, will be uh, under construction uh, at El Portal and Bridgeway. It's a restaurant uh, with tapas, wine, and delicious um, offerings. They're a farm-to-table organization, so we're excited to have them. They did offer uh, tapas and wine at the Ukraine opening to kind of present themselves to the city. Um, a lease has been signed at 660 uh, under the Barrel House for Boba Tea organization, and they are almost through with their permitting process. So I'm hoping to see them under construction in the next couple of weeks. Um, there are two proposals um, in hand on the Bridgeway Cafe space. That's about 768 square feet, but it's prominent. So if that gets filled, that would be a really nice uh, finish of the restaurant row there. The Princess Jewelry Organization moved uh, further north and they've taken over the Chase Bank space. And I think they've just been um, fitting out their space and opening up this week and it looks quite charming. Um, so they're filling in that space um, right close by to um, Hanson Gallery. Uh, 304 Caledonia, the Sparrow Creek uh, space has been sold to a landscaping group. So we should see some activation there and probably some very nice um, development of the grounds around there. And there's one really very nice and unique woman that has opened up a used bookstore next to the Water Street Hardware on Caledonia. Her name is Nancy. She is so delightful. She's 88 years old and she's always wanted a bookstore and she's got one. And the owners of that building have given her a lease and she's retrofitted it for her uh, charming, open the door and it's like her front room. So I urge you all to go in and visit Nancy. It takes some time though, cause she likes to talk. <laughs> so anyway, it's really charming and she's very qualified book uh, representative. One little tidbit I wanted to uh, bring up for potentially future discussion is on my hikeabouts, I often go through Marin ship and I stopped by the Marin outboard renovation space because I said, it's empty, what's happening? They usually have a lot of boats lined up for him to repair. And Bill is the owner, probably John knows him. And he just said, gas has doubled its price. It's now $8 a gallon and a lot of folks are not wanting to repair their boats and I'm 
slowly feeling the pressure. So I thought that was something interesting for us to kind of recognize because the boat sales and a lot of the boat traffic has really been one of our main uh, sales tax. So it's just a tidbit that we should kind of take a look at and see what it does mean for us uh, in the coming year. So that's that's all I can say on business development. Monica, there was, um, I mentioned to you earlier today, the uh, woman who opened up that nice boutique store in Bridgeway as well. Down yes, yes, thank you, I forgot that. And I haven't met her yet. So yes, that is where um, Basic was. Yes. And uh, Ines gave up her space and she found this woman to take it over. So yes, that's a great it, new addition it's too. It's a fabulous like boutique shop, kind of like Carl. And, and thank you, you know, our whole mission was to kind of cultivate, you know, kind of more desirable merchants and the list you went through is exactly what, you know, we aspire to see. So thank you, Monica, for working with the brokers and the landlords and potential tenants. Uh, it's really impressive. It's exciting, really. It's really exciting. So thank you, Tom. Uh, any questions for Monica? Okay, let's open up for public comment on Monica's business development update. Um, sir, do you see any hands raised? Chair Riley, there are no hands raised at the moment. All right, thank you. Uh, we're gonna move on to item 4.8 and uh, I noticed that our city manager um, has joined okay, us. Tom. Oh, yes. Can I, can I make one uh, follow-up comment uh, to Monica's? Yes, um, of course, John. Sorry. Uh, so uh, yeah, my, my understanding of that business that she mentioned in the Marin ship is they specialize in outboard motors and um, yeah, they're, they're um, a little bit of a hard time for them. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, by this Marine, they, which is inboard motors, they're as busy as ever. Um, the other interesting thing, I don't know if everybody knows, there's a new business in town called Candela, which is the electric boats. And mm. if you've seen them out on the, on the bay, they ride up on a, um, what's it called? Uh, oh, the foil. The foil, yeah, they ride up on the foil. So it's really interesting. And um, uh, so so there's there's that. And I also wanted to mention that, uh, Tom, I think I introduced you to the guys uh, from VC Automation who have the robotics uh, space and were kind of uh, unfortunately pushed out of their space, uh, lost their lease. Well, the good news is they found another location in the Marin ship. So they're gonna stay in Sausalito with their robotics integration business. So that's great news. So that's it, thank you. John, I'll thank you. I'm pretty certain you walk them around to every available spot. <laughs> thank you for helping keep them. And, and that Candela Boat Company, it's a true honor to have one of the first electric boats um, kind of uh, company showing up here in Sausalito and uh, they're doing a lot of tours of those boats. I see it coming around all the time and uh, uh, it's a pricey boat. So it'll be it pretty, pretty um, Okay, uh, at this time we'll move on to item 4.8 and uh, Mr. Zapata, thank you for joining us. Not to put you on the spot, but we were asked at one point to focus in on uh, parking and traffic. And I was hoping you could provide an update if there's any progress on the parking study that the city has underway. Uh, so so the group knows a couple of months ago, there was some push to uh, bring on ACE parking. And as you may know, the city council allocated $185,000 for a multitude of things related to downtown, including parking analysis. So uh, Bill Hines was uh, charged with bringing on ACE parking on a mini contract. 
he's done that uh, in terms of the work that's been done. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I know that it's in process. The idea is uh, obviously Sausalito's parking uh, assets are you know important to a lot of people, businesses, residents, um, but the idea of how they're being um, managed and used, uh, there's some real question about whether we can do better. And so that's where the ACE idea is really integral to this kind of a conversation, but we're not quite baked yet, uh, Chairman. So that would be the information I would share with you to date that I know. Thank you, Chris. And are they also just looking at something as basic as the rates we charge and variable rates during different times of the day and weekends? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they provided a, a pretty holistic um, uh, approach. And uh, what we wanted to do is start with some of the basics um, and the scope of work, uh, you know, how we park, where we park. You know, I'm not so sure that rates aren't a part of that, but I can bring that back to you uh, in terms of it. But it's the beginning of something larger, you know, a, a smaller study to kind of orient them to Sausalito and get our community comfortable with the concept of what we're doing, which is to try to enhance parking for everybody, not lose parking uh, is really important. And so uh, if they had gone into a full on full blown um, contract, it would have taken a lot of time and more money. And so we thought we'd want to walk before we ran. And so uh, as we get closer to um, hearing what they've set up to point, uh, I'm sure we'll have to come back and you know expand uh, their uh, work in here and see if we can address some of these questions and concerns that people might have regarding parking. Because in, you know, in my mind, and I think in many people's mind, uh, it's a huge question mark, but it's also a huge opportunity. Thank you. I think we all agree. Uh, Cass, you have a question? So, uh, Chris, do we need, does EDAC need to continue to have a focus group on this or should, is it being handled by the city and, and we don't need to be involved? Well, no, no, I think there's a real need for uh, you to continue to be involved and we should probably, you know, bounce some of the things that, you know, we get from the work that ACE does off of you because obviously you represent business people in, the, in Sausalito and uh, that is really a, a real need for us to make sure we're on the same page with information with the business community. So uh, just um, stay tight, hang tight uh, for the moment. Uh, let me connect with Kevin McGowan and Bill Hines and uh, see where we are and see if we can provide some more uh, specific information because again i'm on the periphery but i do know that um, uh, we approved the work to get started and they've started okay great any other questions oh john um about i think it was 15 years ago there was a some traffic uh, work done, um, parking work done. And um, in lot one, you can see that every parking spot has what used to be a sensor buried into the asphalt, little circle about eight inches. And uh, apparently a contract was given to a company. And the idea was um, to be able to identify every parking spot that was um, used so that somebody driving into the city could know exactly where they could go to park. Also, it was for enforcement, where an enforcement officer would know exactly when um, a violation happened, when time ran out, and they would know where to go exactly for that violation. Now, that was 15 years ago. I think in the end, the technology wasn't quite uh, up to speed. But I wonder if now, 15 years later, there's better technology and if this is part of ACE parking, because I know they're a big name that they would 
they would have a, a lot of knowledge in this and if it's something that would be feasible uh, for Sausalito or not, maybe something to ask them, um, just, a, just an idea. Yeah, well, uh, you want me to respond to that, Mr. Chair? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think there's a whole bunch of untilled um, uh, earth to work on, and there's obviously a lot of history. Uh, while um, you were asking me these questions, I looked at my 14,027 emails to see what Bill had sent me less, last, and he sent me one this morning, which kind of will help flesh out what and I, I was talking to earlier. What their tasks are, are, you know, looking at plans to look at valet for lots three and four, look at days which valet might be required, how the hotels would benefit from the dedicated spots, how employee parking in the Marin ship for 100 spaces with the shuttle, uh, what constituencies, locals, visitors, employees, special events, and then develop models. And then look at, you know, delivering a revenue model uh, is what they're tasked with right now. So uh, that's the latest and greatest as of 10:21 this morning. So I uh, hope that helps kind of give people some insight into what's going on. I apologize, I didn't have it at my fingertips. Chris, that was pretty close to being at your fingertips. So thank you for that update. Uh, and we're anxious to stay involved and follow the progress. So you can also, we'll also look for your direction on how we can assist that study. Okay, I don't see any other questions. Uh, let's see if there's any public comment on uh, Mr. Zapata's update regarding the parking study. Oh, Cass has her hand up. Um, are we gonna, is Chris also gonna update us on the formula retail restrictions? That's in the agenda? Um, yes, um, uh, we'll see if you have it at your fingertips, Chris. <laughs> I would hope not. I, 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 I don't want to delve into that since I'm uh, very, very, um, to use a, a direct word, ignorant of, of, of what the item is. I know that, you know, Sausalito has frowned on that, and I know there's some conversation around modifying it, but in terms of what the city's actually doing about that uh, and what I would know about it, it would be very minimal. So uh, I would probably want to hear from you all as opposed to uh, you hearing from me and potentially hear from Councilmember Hoffman or Councilmember Sobieski about their thoughts. but. But I'm not prepared to, to discuss that at this time because I know that's something I don't know a whole lot about. That, that's fine. I, what I'm, I think the reason we asked you about both of these were was because the council had directed us to put some attention into both subjects, and so oh. the question is, do we need to do that, or you know, are we not responding to what the council needs? You know, do we need to do that? If we have some council people on the call, maybe they can uh, respond in a better way than I can. Here's Jill. Hey guys. Um, well, I think I don't think we have anything to report on that, frankly. I don't know. I, I mean, I know that that's been a subject of um, question, you know, over the years, and especially recently, and trying to figure out how to shepherd us back, um, you know, out of COVID and into a better economic and and sustainable downtown. So, and of course, you know, we're always looking at whether or not the formula retail restrictions help us or hurt us. <laughs> I mean, that's always the uh, analysis. So I don't, I, I don't think we have anything from our side on that right now. I think that was one of the priorities that we gave you guys, right? It, when we voted on this. So. It, yeah. it was a priority to us, but it was unclear as we engaged whether um, oh, I got the planning commission would work on it or we would work on it or city staff. And then 
city staff has kind of rotated. So it's, it's yeah. language and we, we're happy to have a few of us look at the language and come back with a recommendation to the city council. I think that would be uh, interesting to the city council, right? Uh, about what the protections are for, you know, for, um, you know, individual business people because of the formula retail ban it actually supports, you know, unique and interesting uh, businesses that we have down, downtown. But on the other hand, from an economic standpoint, we probably would get, you know, <laughs> restoration hardware or something if we had a, a large anchor retailer. So, I mean, I think that's of most interest um, to the city council and how to move forward. And then I think it would go from there to planning with direction of, or staff with direction of how do we want to do this? Do we want to limit it to one or two formula retail? You know, I mean, and, and then the flip side of that too is, you know, I think formula retail is only applicable to, to certain areas downtown. So, you know, in the north end of town, um, I'm not sure that there, I, I'm trying to remember back in my head whether formula retail or not applies to the north end of town. I don't think it does. So the interesting thing there is, you know, is, is there some sort of path forward on that end of town? So I don't know. What we'll do, um, Councilmember Hoffman, is we'll have uh, our business development subcommittee led by Monica. Um, take a look at anyone, anyone on the EDAC committee can reach out to Monica if they want to be involved in this. I know Bob uh, wants to be involved. And um, have some teams look at the language, understand what the restrictions are, and if we recommend any changes. I know we were in a meeting with a merchant today who brought this up as a issue for vacancies around them, precluding desirable businesses wanting to show up. So um, I think everyone's on the same page. We don't want to have mass chains come in, but there are some boutique businesses that are scared away by our restrictions that we might want to come back with some flexibility. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things recently, you know, a couple of businesses in town, you know, we had um, Sausalito, you know, Books by the Bay, which was whatever, um, it was the other Petrocelli, um, you know, someone help me. <laughs> the, the question was whether or not they were a chain or not, right? And like you said, they were kind of a boutique bookseller. Um, and then of course the other one, recent one's Equator, you know, who's, who's come in. So um, I think Equator's fairly successful, the other one, not, not as much. So anyway, interesting, all right. Thank you, Cass. Thank you for uh, bringing that uh, bringing that to the forefront. Um, any other questions or comments from the committee members? Okay, we'll go back to see if there's any public comment on a discussion we just had about the parking study or formula retail restrictions. Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment. Thank you, Serge. Okay, we're gonna move on to item 4.9, followed by 4.10. This is kind of our meat of our discussion today. Um, in 4.9, I think it's important we go back and look at all the money we've spent on behalf of Sausalito and be critical of like, do we get a good return on that, right? Do we use the money wisely, our, you know, our city's money? Um, because in item 4.10, we'd like to request money for next year. But I think before we request money, we should make sure that we are being very judicious about how we spend the money. So item 4.9 is gonna look back at the investments we requested, and then we will um, uh, talk about funds we would like to propose for next year. I'm gonna share my screen. 
then I need to go here. Is my screen visible to everybody? Yeah. Okay, yes. great. Um, so then I actually change the check the title of the screen. Yes, I've got the latest update. Okay. So here's the agenda for this discussion. Um, in item item one and two, we're going to look back on the money we spent, and then in items three, and we'll, we'll stop for public comment after that. And then items three and four as uh, a request that we are looking for funds going forward. So um, last year, we had requested. Oh, sorry. Last year, we had requested the following funds from city in what's that budgeted column. Uh, we requested $75,000 uh, for the first year with CDA, $50,000 for uh, local events, $10,000 to invest alongside the chamber and visit California, and $10,000 for uh, what was what we introduced in the COVID year, what we called Love Sausalito, where we help uh, struggling local merchants. And that amounted to $145,000. In all transparency, we also requested an additional $180,000 to help streamline processes in the planning department. Um, and that was uh, for technology, for surveys, to have a concierge. Um, but I decided we wouldn't focus in on that analysis because that was really a recommendation for the city to spend um, those dollars in the planning department and we didn't have much direction over that. So I thought for this discussion, we'd focus in on these four programs. Now, if you look at the actual amount we spent, uh, just under $64,000 of the requested $145,000. So I'm gonna ask uh, Scott to talk about uh, what kind of return we got from the CDA marketing efforts. So Scott, can you uh, discuss this slide? Sure. So um, as everyone knows, we signed a contract with CDA for two years. Um, we finally signed that in October of last year. Um, this was specifically to um, drive um, visitation um, from local residents and regional visitors um, into Sausalito to support local businesses. Uh, we also specifically started targeting um, weeknight events um, and um, other events in the in the what we would consider the off season, like holiday by the bay, um, specifically, um, to to drive um, overnight stays and um, and higher spending. Um, so the, that's kind of how we uh, focused their efforts. Um, they have been have been executing against that um, using um, social media and paid media um, and and public relations, various marketing efforts. Um, as uh, Chair Riley said, um, between um, the, the October uh, fall start date and, and through March, uh, we spent about $34,000. We have uh, since obviously spent um, some additional funds in, in April and May. Um, we are planning to continue working with them. Um, the protected total, projected total spend um, by the end of the fiscal year will be $52,000 out of our uh, total $75,000 budget. Um, when we start looking specifically as a, you know, so what, what exactly did that, did that get us? So um, just looking at the, that first number through the end of March, um, there were 269 um, published posts. These are earned media, public relations, uh, you know, publications 
um, with uh, a certain number of digital views, certain number of social shares, um, that uh, estimated uh, cost breaks down to roughly $65 a post. Um, if you if we want to price it out in that way, um, the the actual value of these I think is much much higher. Um, as you saw earlier, we're getting um, some top tier coverage, so uh, great to see that. Um, on the owned media side, what we're doing on our social media channels, uh, we are seeing a, a significant increase in reach, um, with um, also new new followers. Again, these are just through through the end of March, uh, with about 31 cents um, per person that we're reaching with our Saucedo messaging. Um, creative production, um, we did spend a little bit in, um, in creative production, building out some assets to highlight local artists. Um, that's what most of these were um, as a part of a, um, a, an art series and, and maker series that we did around the holidays um, at $75 each. Um, and then paid media, um, this is a combination of impressions and clicks. Um, if you break this down just by impressions, this is about 11, you know, point, you know, 11 cents uh, an impression. Um, those clicks are really um, more valuable, though, because that implies action. So they didn't only see what we had to say, but they actually acted on it um, and clicked through for more information, uh, which is um, exactly what we wanted them to do. Um, a few examples of some coverage. Um, you saw a few of these in that last slide, so Cron, Pacific Sun, um, others, but there's also a few things in here um, that we don't normally um, get great coverage on, and, and they've been able to highlight some of the unique um, aspects of Sausalito, like the Herring Festival. Um, we've seen um, other, um, uh, the Matthew Turner um, being highlighted, other local businesses. Um, there's been a, a big uh, trend around um, sustainability and also uh, being outdoors and the outdoor activities, uh, Wednesday Night Live and others. So great to see all of that. Um, these are just a few other uh, publications. Just so you can, it's hard to see the, the actual clip sometimes what those publications are, but, um, but some great um, sites that, as you can see, um, Do the Bay, one of the more popular um, activities for um, coming into the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, SF Fun Cheap um, is, uh, is probably the dominant um, activities finder, tracker, um, and then others as well as San Francisco Chronicle, Marin Independent, um, East Bay Times, and Cron. Um, great to see um, a lot of good coverage from those guys. Thank you, Scott. Um, it is hard to um, understand the impact that social media can have on our businesses, right? It's hard to just kind of correlate the two, but um, I, I received some anecdotal information that I think is important to share. Uh, this is actual data for a Sausalito hotel to go unnamed. Um, but it is pretty compelling and I'll walk you through it. The blue line is from 2019. So that's the pre-COVID revenues this hotel was getting during the winter season, January, February, March. And you see they're averaging just about $400,000 a month um, in business. The orange line is when COVID hit. You remember the shutdown really started happening in February and into March. And you can see by April of 2020, their revenue was $0. I mean, that's when we're in the thick of COVID. The gray line is last year when the recovery is starting to happen. You see they had a mediocre January, February got stronger. March, they were almost back to their 2019 levels and they recovered in April of last year to compare to 2019. Um, so two years later, What's real exciting is their 2022 line, this year's recovery. 
And you see that they're almost 50% higher than what we consider the baseline from 2019, a significant recovery. Um, and this happens to coincide with, you know, when we started our marketing efforts back in November. And if you uh, go into the next slide, the hotel operator shared a quote and said, we're, we're experiencing an increase in younger guests. And we attribute a portion of that to the city's social outreach because this hotel doesn't do social media outreach. That was a nice comment. Um, I made an assumption. If you look at this analysis under uh, the middle here, the four month TOT impact analysis, this hotel in four months has $553,000 more of revenue than they did um, over 2019 during what we call the baseline. So it's great growth. If we were to attribute 25% of that growth to um, the city's social outreach, which could be high or could be low, we don't know, but I'm using that as just an estimate, so not 100% of the growth. And you calculate TOT, that's an additional $19,000 of TOT that we potentially could have impacted with our CDA social work. And our average spend is 62.50 a month for CDA. And here's one business where theoretically we could have gotten a return just on that investment. Um, now this is very anecdotal and many could question this analysis, but even if we, if we take our impact down to 10%, of their growth. Um, it would still say that our marketing efforts could be having a good financial return for the city through TOT in this example. So now we'll move on to the next line item, which was co-sponsoring local events. And uh, I'll turn this over to Monica to share a summary. Thanks. So um, as you know, Holiday by the Bay, the first time we really collaborated with all of the entities that were offering holiday events. So that 18 number includes the chamber and Spinnaker and Parks and Rec and whatnot, and then some of the events that were initiated by EDAC. And our EDAC expense was $8,500 on that. Uh, a greater sum was spent by the other entities, but we had probably an event almost every day during that month of Holiday by the Bay. Um, Wednesday Night Live, our first event was in October, again, trying to capture some activity during the down months. And the first few events that we offered during that time period, we were lucky and very fortunate to get um, players who donated their time. So we did not have a big expense, but then we started to learn that it was important for us to start paying some money for some of the performers, or we might not end up with the quality that we wanted. So. This represents um, six events that we have paid some funding for. Um, I think it's really interesting to note that during the holiday by the Bay period, $3,650 was donated by local businesses. Um, so that was a, an additional um, benefit for that period. We estimated kind of roughly, I didn't keep track of, of all the participants during the holiday by the Bay, but I did a rough calculation. And I think during the, that 18 events and those time periods, we had about 4,500 attendants that were, a lot of them were residents and a lot came from the regional area. And then again, on the Wednesday Night Live, 
we did a soft, really not hard calculation, but for example, on the um, mariachi band, I think we had like 200, 250 people there. So that was the total number of attend attendees that we had for fiscal year ending uh, in June. So as you can see, that's an estimated cost per resident of $1.65 per attendance. So um, Tom likes this quote that the Sausalito city manager says, ROI can also mean return on involvement. And I think that's also a really great way to, to measure some of the things that are happening in, in this uh, event sponsored program. Well, I, I thank Mr. Zapata for uh, sharing that return on involvement idea. And you know, coming out of COVID, one of the things we felt so important was to get our community back engaged and uh, bring them to town uh, and kind of bring a spirit back to town. And I must say, these events are great. And I don't know anyone who can throw a party for $1.65 per <laughs> guest other than uh, Monica. So and that's really the way to look at it. You know, we're throwing a parties and at $1.65 per guest is a pretty efficient um, effort. It doesn't, it doesn't include alcohol though. <laughs> uh, well, you, okay. you made people pay for alcohol. They didn't, they didn't uh, get it free. No, um, what happened is the people that attended bought al alcohol at the bars and businesses that were in the events. And absolutely. that's a lot of generating. That's the whole idea of the whole thing. Yeah. Right. I, I will share with you uh, on Caledonia Street, um, uh, I was in the Zalta Bar on a Wednesday Night Live, and I said to the bartender, I go, uh, how do you feel about these Wednesday night live events? And he goes, I need to get another bartender for these nights. So um, that is a uh, positive return for that business. Um, also, we have a quote here, feedback we got from uh, Larry Mandel and his full staff. I didn't list their name, but he had six members of his uh, management team uh, sent this letter in, um, really supporting Wednesday night live. And you can read the bold, but in the middle paragraph, he says, it has brought our communities together, allowed our citizens to gather and reconnect, deliver much needed foot traffic, and most importantly, create a sense of optimism at the worst of the pandemic that has decimated our business may finally be receding. So uh, this is a man we all trust. Uh, it was very thoughtful of him to uh, write in this letter. And I thank Monica for really leading the Wednesday Night Live efforts. Sure. Um, Julie, maybe you can share a bit about what the chamber has done with Visit California and educate us on that. Sure. So um, in February of, I'm losing track of the years, 2021, uh, the chamber signed a contract with Visit California to do a full year of advertising. We knew that our businesses were going to need help coming out of COVID. And so we signed a contract for $26,000. $26, that included uh, both uh, a, a dedicated email that highlighted Sausalito, all the things that were going on in Sausalito, which went out in August of, of last year. It was a dedicated email that went out to, uh, if you go to the next slide, I think, um, it went out to 176,000 people. And this is, these are people who actually opt in. So it's not a, um, just a blanket email. 
they are people that opt in that want to receive the information from Visit California about things to do within California. So 50,000 plus people opened it, which is an open rate of about 28%, which is a pretty good open rate. I think Scott can probably tell me if that's good or not. I don't, the chamber receives about a 54% open rate on our newsletters. So um, Scott might be able to tell me if this 28% is a good open rate, but I, I believe it's a pretty good open rate for um, newsletters that go out. With that, um, Sausalito, go back to that other one. Sorry, with that, Sausalito owns all of those links below, or the chamber does. And those were all the click-throughs that went to our Visit Sausalito website and the different things that people were looking for. Whether they went to the shopping page, whether they just went to the events page. So those are all of the things that that people were looking for on Visit Sausalito. Okay, so we can go to the next one. Uh, this is the banner ads that we paid for that were on several pages. Um, the chamber designed them and then we, um, it got people coming back to um, the Visit Sausalito page as well. So it was from an August 1 to December, as you can see, 31. These are the number of impressions and the total number of click-throughs that we received. We also received requests to mail out uh, visitor packets, which that still runs until the end of this year. So we've already received, I, I think I gave Tom the number and I don't have it right here in front of me. It's close to 500 or more visitor packets that we have mailed out to individuals from Canada all the way across the U.S. So these are people that are actually looking at coming to Sausalito uh, to visit. And this is through Visit California. And so that runs until the, uh, until the end of the year. And Julie, I would imagine if someone asks for a visitor packet that you actually mail out to them, the conversion rate of that person eventually spending money in Sausalito is probably going to be pretty high. Well, we've just, for an example, we mailed out one about a month ago to a, to a lady in Modesto, and she is bringing 14 people here in two weeks. Um, a group that she belongs to, they, she came in on a quote-unquote scouting trip uh, last Friday, Spent, they spent a lot of money, she and her two girlfriends, and they're bringing 14 people back. And that was from them finding it on Visit California and requesting a visitor packet. So, and that's just one of, I'm sure many, we, we don't have any way to, unless they come in and let us know, we don't have any way to know if those people that are receiving it. But if you take the time to fill out something online to request information, you're thinking about coming to this area, or maybe you're staying in San Francisco and thinking about coming here for the day. So, and that, we will work on that program through Visit California until the end of this year. So who knows how many, how the numbers will, will turn out until until the end of the year. Yeah, it's so great. What's pricey is the postage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the postage, it's almost up to $3 per visitor pack that we send out. 
Um, so that is the program through Visit California. Uh, through Visit California, we have one one more pay. Let's see. No, I think that was it. And so um, when EDAC put their packet together, they asked. We had already paid up front, um, signed the contract. But EDACT asked for a um, $10,000 city contribution to the full package. So that's where the $10,000 went. Um, we, with that, were able to add two more social media impressions for different things through Visit California. So with that extra $10,000, we were able to add a couple more um, social media and you know Scott said you know social media is is king right now don't ask me how to do the the TikTok as as my brother says but um, that's that's what we used it for was to um, to do more, more social media uh, we also have a visit California or visit Sausalito uh, Instagram page and Facebook page and I'm sorry but I did not get the totals for for all of that I think that's it. All right, thank you, Julie. And I, I wanna share, it's it's fun and rewarding to see the chamber and the city collaborating on these types of campaigns. And as we were talking earlier for uh, Scott to help, you know, brief your members on the marketing um, uh, PDF uh, efforts so we can help uh, promote some of their businesses and events. Um, I think this is a good, great collaboration between the chamber and the city. So thank you for your partnership. Yeah, and I didn't see that PDF, so I don't, I'm not quite sure what. I'll send it around, Julie. Yeah, yeah, so. And it is very difficult when we try to get information for our website to update it. It's very difficult to get um, Sausalito merchants to to participate in that. It's it's almost a you have to walk each and every or phone each and every one of them. It, it's not easy. It'd be interesting when you were talking about having mailed out 500 packets, mm -hmm. it'd be great to get kind of an expert's you know, thought on what the conversion of those 500. Would you know 10% of them, because they asked for a packet, actually plan a trip? And if they actually plan a trip, we can average you know the number of nights that they would stay the amount of money they'd spend and just do an analysis on the, you know, the money we're jointly spending with mm -hmm. each other to see what the return is. And I don't, and you know, I don't know if there is such a program that I can ask Visit California if there is, if they have um, metrics on that. Yeah, they, they, they might have a bigger data set, so they might know oh, if someone requests yeah. something, what the conversion rate is. But I have kept all of the information for, for everyone um, and all of the addresses. I would say Midwest and back East are our biggest, they're, they're the ones that are requesting it. Midwest and back East, Texas, Texas, Texas. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you. Um, so this one I'm gonna ask Cass to present, but uh, originally we had earmarked $10,000 for the Love Saucedo campaign. Um, and the chamber had some money in reserve for the Love Saucedo campaign. We decided to redirect it towards a project that actually this month we wanna put in place, and that is to bring lighting to Bridgeway. So Cass, can you share these numbers? Sure, happy to. Um, well, this is an effort that Julie's been heavily involved with too. So this is a co-presentation with Julie also. Um, but we have, as you mentioned, the $10,000 from the Love Saucedo uh, that's going to anchor money and then uh, chamber of commerce is 
committed to doing a $2,400 contribution. Then Julie and I walked around and, and just knocked on doors and asked merchants in the downtown area uh, if they would be willing to contribute to lighting the core downtown area. And we were able to get commitments for $14,000. Uh, so that takes us up to $26,400. Um, that's commitments again. Uh, and uh, I think it will go higher. Um, so now the next step is working with uh, uh, different consultants. And I've, I've just got a, a proposal from Light Switch, which is a Sausalito company this morning uh, on how they might want to work with us. So the next step is I think Julie and I need to get together, uh, come back to the people that committed money and actually do ask for the money. Uh, and um, start to get moving with getting the lighting done. Uh, it's, it's a very scalable project in that the more money we are able to raise, the more trees that we're gonna be able to light. Um, we've kind of gone back and forth about what the best approach is. And at first we were thinking that uh, festival lights would be the best for downtown, but there isn't enough um, access to electricity high up to do festival, festival lights which is the lights that span over the top of this to the streets. So uh, we're reverting back to lighting trees in the downtown. And um, that is all very doable within this, this uh, budget. Uh, but again, the more money we raise, the more uh, trees we can light. And I, I can't say enough about the enthusiasm that we heard from the merchants and the businesses uh, in downtown. I think only one person we visited was openly skeptical and everybody else was just like, this is such a great idea. I've wanted to, to, to uh, get downtown lit for a long time. Let's more, move forward and do this. So I think this is the time to do it. It's gonna make a huge difference, especially in the winter, uh, in terms of being able to bring people downtown, have people feel comfortable about being downtown, um, have them, uh, come downtown because there's more people there and it'll also help significantly with um, security. So we're, I'm pretty enthusiastic. I don't know if Julie has anything else she would like to add. Um, Cass, I just have a couple more commitments from my uh, businesses that I was supposed to ask. So I think that 14,000 uh, is up a little bit. Great. And thank you both for going out and asking those merchants. Um, I, I made an attempt at building a kind of a justification for this. Um, Cass, you okay if I walk through the slide? Yeah, please, please. Okay, so if the city is spending 10,000, and of course there's gonna be 20 or 15 or $16,000 more spent by the businesses in the chamber, but I'm looking at just the city's uh, investment because um, that's where we're spending their money here. Uh, I did some assumptions and let's say that uh, 15 merchants along Bridgeway uh, will extend their operations by one hour uh, and do that four months out of the year in the winter months. And assuming on average, they have $600,000 a year, I wanted to calculate how much sales tax measure own business license tax we could generate from that extra hour, four months a year from those 15 businesses. And the calculation is below. And if, if we get 2% between measure O, sales tax and BLT, it comes out to about $8,316 in annual incremental revenues to the city. 
or you can look at a payback period of one and a quarter years. So it's one of these things where I, I do think, you know, a year, year and a half out, um, having those lights up will be just generating more money for the city and it's a very quick payback. So that was kind of the analysis I did. There's quite a few assumptions there, but again, just trying to make, make sure that there's a case for us spending the city's money. So um, I'm gonna pause there because that was a review of the money we spent last year and kind of a, an, an ROI analysis for each of those. And that was business item 4.9. So I'd like to open up for questions from the EDAC members before we go on to this next topic. Do we have any questions from EDAC members? Okay, I see Julie has her hand up. Julie? Sorry, that's, I forgot to take it down. Nope. Okay. Um, oh, Don Daglow. Yeah, I just wanted to comment that the, the, uh, when I joined EDAC was the first time in 42 years since I was an assistant superintendent of schools back in the dinosaur era, uh, that I got to see all of this data and I just have to say that the opportunity we have to produce through these different efforts, measurable, significant, impactful amounts of money uh, through the various kinds of uh, taxes and fees that the city collects by supporting businesses and the ratio of how much money we can bring in to the city and to local businesses for relatively small expenditures I have to say, I was very shocked by that. I was thrilled by it. I really had underestimated until I saw all the numbers and studied them, how much we could do. So I just wanted to share that for anyone who uh, may not have had a chance to look at, the numbers are really uh, worth examining because uh, we really can multiply revenue much more effectively than I ever thought before I started participating in EDAC. I saw a uh, Don. I saw an analysis. Uh, it was a report in the Marin IJ, but it was about uh, the state of California's recovery from the pandemic and the Marin recovery. And it was mostly focused on tourism. But if you look at our hotel and restaurants uh, from the HDL presentation we had, Sausalito is actually recovering faster than Marin and all of the state of California. And that is really, really exciting. I think that's some numbers we should maybe in our next meeting look at to confirm, but um, it, it's it's pretty telling. And then quite possibly, I think a lot of our strategy of, you know, reaching out to the regional community to get them here for staycations um, can be paying off. I see Scott nodding his head. Okay, any other comments or questions before we go to public comment on item 4.9? Serge, can you help me open up for public comment on item 4.9, which was the investments we've made and analysis of returns? Sure, Chair Riley, it does look like we do have a public commenter, Sandra Bushmaker, if you've been unmuted. Hi, Sandra, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for, for this. I'm, I'm really delighted to see the committee doing so much work to revitalize downtown and Caledonia. I, I do have some comments that I, I would like to say about your numbers. Um, I think we need to be 
you need to be very careful when you make your reports to be sure if you're giving these statistics, if they're based on anecdotal correlation, inference and assumptions that you say so. Um, I would like to see an effort put forward by this committee to turn these numbers into sound statistical analysis so that there is a, uh, a firm basis, a solid basis in which to make a financial decision by the city council and, and the city staff. Um, one factor that appear that I keep thinking about is how do we know that this is our improved numbers are not a normal result of COVID recovery and people breaking out of their isolation for the past two years and, and a desire to come. And now that they've, many people have saved money because their expenses were reduced during COVID are not coming forward. So I, I would think that needs to be addressed in your reports to the city council. Um, and, but I, I think that if you're going to make reports based on the numbers that you have given us, uh, Tom in particular on this, that you need to make sure it's framed in the anecdotal uh, correlation, assumption and inference category rather than a statistical uh, analysis. So I, I would encourage that further work. But like I said, um, the, the notion of revitalizing the downtown is a good thing. And, I, and I'm glad to see all these efforts. Just as an aside, since I served on the, the Disaster Preparedness Committee, um, the canopy lights downtown are a concern of mine. And I assume that you've talked with the fire department about um, uh, high profile vehicles coming down Bridgeway if you were to go in that direction. I think the canopy lights, are, I mean, the uh, tree lights is a very good idea. So those are my comments based on what you presented today. Thank you so much for your efforts. Thank you, Sandra. And just for clarification, I hope we were clear that we did point out anecdotal and what were assumptions. Um, so you're accurate on that and we'll make that clear. Um, what we are trying to do though, is begin getting more statistical. And so we had H we would like HDL to present quarterly our sales tax uh, revenues so that we can start building a baseline off 2019, seeing what kind of impact we can have quarter over quarter. And I think we should compare our recovery to the rest of Marin and the rest of California and to see if we are actually outperforming those groups, which would say our efforts are contributing beyond just the, the natural COVID recovery. So, um, but thank you for your comments. And I think we're in full agreement with you. And Chair Riley, there are no other hands raised. Okay. Uh, before we move on to this next item, any final comments from the committee? Okay, um, now moving on to business item 410, our last business item. Uh, it's what investments we would like to make or request of the city uh, for the coming year as the budget's getting finalized. Um, I wanna bring us back in uh, January. Uh, we presented, I think 12 potential projects to city council. And these were the top three that they asked us to look into. The first was to pursue a business improvement district uh, the second was to develop a brand identity for Sausalito. And the third was to facilitate a public parking and traffic study. Uh, Mr. Zapata already updated us on item three, but on the first two items, we do believe uh, that we'll need some funding and, uh, and then to continue some of the programs we've already had. So we'd like to step into that uh, now. 
So here's a summary, and we've got a chart for each of these areas. Um, but we are gonna put in a request, or at least if the committee at the end of this votes yes for these funding requests, then we'll put a letter into city council with detail behind these requests. But it's for $220,000, $80,000 for a bid, $45,000 to have a consultant help us with brand, $20,000 for ongoing events, and to continue the CBA work for another year at $75,000. We'll go into a slide on each of these. Uh, Cass, would you like to uh, summarize the business improvement district uh, request? Certainly, thank you, Tom. Um, so I've been working with uh, both studying everything I can find on bids, and then also I've had a lot of conversations with Marco Mandry of New City America, who's an expert in developing bids uh, and that uh, Mr. Sabata was kind enough to introduce me to him. Uh, and he's been really, really helpful. Uh, so we came up with estimate of what it would cost to move forward with a bid and it's split into two things, two pieces. There's $40,000 to actually do an investigation to the owners and businesses, to uh, landowners and the businesses to see what the interest is. And that's before you would try to go forward and, and actually implement a bid, but just to gauge the, the, the interest from the businesses. And um, I've started to do some of that. Um, I think that having a consultant come in and, and, and do that, I'd like to still be involved in doing it, but give us some guidance, somebody that really knows how to do this and give us some guidance would be a good idea. The second part, the second $40,000 is for actually moving forward and developing the business improvement district. Once we've got enough interest from landowners and from businesses, the next step is, you know, you have to go out and get a vote. Um, you have to actually develop the, the business improvement district and structure it. Um, they are nonprofits uh, and they are governed by boards. Uh, so there's a lot of detail that has to go into the development of the business improvement district. So uh, that's about where we are. I wanna circle back um, more with Marco, but I think we're at the place uh, at this point where the, the city council has to decide whether they wanna move forward or not uh, with uh, moving forward to get a business improvement district. Um, I'm very bull bullish on this because of what I learned with raising money for the lighting is that there's a, there is interest from the businesses to do improvements um, there's concern about security. There's concern about uh, trash. There's, um, you know, concern about uh, uh, how do, how do we work together to improve Sausalito, the environment for businesses in Sausalito, and to improve the experience that um, people coming in to purchase and residents have when they're in Sausalito. So the benefits are to encourage business to collaborate and invest in mutual success to improve the attractiveness of the business areas. And that's, you know, the lighting fits right in there. Improve security year round, um, increase marketing efforts to drive sales and potentially attract new businesses. And it, I think the lighting is a good example. This is what a business improvement district would do, is they would, they would go out and do the lighting. And instead of having your hat, you know, out to, over and over again for different things that we think is good for the businesses of Sausalito, um, and you would have the district instead, and the district would do those things. And the district would be, of course, driven by its board uh, and uh, um, 
they would be you know, making decisions on how to invest the, the funds. Um, we, I'd love to create a bid by January, 2023. Um, a big deal would to increase hotel winter occupancy rate. And again, the city gets 14% of the revenue of the hotel. And there's nothing that the city can do more with the businesses than to increase the occupancy of the existing capacity of the hotel. It's important to us as hotel owners, of course, but it's important to the city for the revenue. And then to also reduce retail vacancy rate. One of the things that business improvements district do is a lot of the stuff that Monica has been doing, you know, going out and actively searching out people that would come in and, you know, reducing the, the vacancy rate. Uh, so I think this is a great idea. I've also uh, had to ask Marco to give me a list of people I could call who were involved in business development districts in other cities. Uh, I've made one successful call before I left uh, to go on a trip, um, but this was a guy from Little Italy, and he talked about uh, when they started their their business improvement district in 1996, they had $80,000 a year in in uh, a, you know in, in tax income for the bid. They now have 3.5 million. Um, and you know, it's an area of San Diego that was pretty depressed and is now very vibrant. I don't know if any of you have gone down there, but it is really vibrant. It's a new part of San Diego. It's an exciting place to go to. Um, and so I think that, that that's a really good example of what a business improvement district can do for a city. Um, and you know they actually have 30 people that are that work for the district that trim trees, sweep sidewalks, and so they've got 30 people doing that work. And that's a much bigger area than we're going to ever have, much bigger revenues than Sausalito is going to have. But I think it would be a really wise investment for the city to make. Okay. Let me see if there's any questions from committee members on uh, the bid. And we'll go to the next item. Okay, the next item. Um, Scott, maybe you can talk about the brand development and what you learned from some consultants. Yes, thank you, Tom. So, um, as everyone knows, we um, we had kind of focused CDA on um, on uh, marketing um, to drive visitation, to drive drive tax revenue for the city. Um, when we started this effort, I, I believe one of the comments um, I don't know I forget who it was on the committee, maybe Don. Um, that said, you know, we we can talk about remodeling the house, but but first we need to put out the fire. Um, and as you all know, uh, COVID has significantly impacted local businesses, and so we had CDA kind of focusing on that, like driving um, immediate visitation and uh, and attracting um, uh, you know interest in supporting local businesses, and they've they've been focused there. Um, one of the additional requests that we got this year was to focus on brand development and and really. Um, unifying a vision of what Sausalito is, um, both for local residents, um, for for local businesses, um, for people that visit here, and for people that want to open a business here. What does Sausalito mean? Uh, what is uh, what is the, what do you think of when you think of Sausalito? Um, so we um, uh, Councilman uh, Sobieski introduced us to a, a local resident. Um, who is um, specializes in brand? That's what she does for a major tech company in Silicon Valley. Um, she introduced us to um, one of these companies, and um, and Mayor Kelman introduced us to another. Um, we have uh, sort of two estimates from um, these two companies, Kaiser Consulting and Seventy Two and Sunny. Um, we think both are are fantastic. Both have come in around forty five thousand um, dollars. 
we think the benefits of doing this is, again is to um, brand Sausalito to increase the, the number of overnight visitors um, by uh, and, and increase the number of regional visitors with longer day experiences, get them to stay longer and spend more money. Uh, we also see this as a, uh, a driving factor in, in uh, contributing to, yes, TOT and sales taxes, um, but also um, long-term initiatives like uh, re, uh, you know, Measure O and, and, and potentially Measure O funding, um, bringing, bringing some of that back in the future. Um, we think this is really important because um, giving a, sort of a unified uh, a voice and vision and look and feel to Sausalito um, will really help us to uh, to better market the city, um, but it also we think it'll it'll bring more residents out because it creates this pride of place um, for residents and local businesses where they're excited to be here and they're excited to be out in the community supporting. So, um, again, as Tom said, if if we uh, if we want to fund this initiative, we think it's going to be about forty five thousand dollars. Um, we do see that there is a potential offset of uh, reducing CDA spend um, or refocusing um, their, um, their scope of work um, to focus on brand. Um, we, we think we can do that. Um, I will flag that um, we think these other companies really specialize in branding. Um, CDA will uh, have, I have confidence that they could do a good job. Um, they put together some recommendations initially. We think they could, could do a good job and um, we think there's value in, in doing both. Uh, so depending on, uh, on city uh, funds and, and revenue, uh, uh, city funds and, and, uh, and investment that we want to make, um, we see uh, great options here in, in either of these companies and, and potentially some others in town. Thank you, Scott. Any questions for Scott on the brand project? Very thorough. Uh, Monica, you want to talk through idea for community events? Yes. Um, uh, we would like to continue on with Holiday by the Bay. And last year, our budget was 10000 and we brought it in for eighty five. So I'd like to keep it at ten, just in case we come up with some really creative ideas. Uh, we, as you know, DEI and social justice has been one of the city's initiatives. The city council is very much focused on that. And so our partnership with Marin City for Fourth of July and a few other things, we're asking for an amount around four thousand dollars in the Wednesday Night Live series. Um, the idea for Wednesday Night Live is uh, we were successful uh, and appreciate the sponsorship that we received for the mariachi band from Copita, and that has uh, ignited the idea of asking um, more sponsorship for more from other businesses and things like that. So we think we can bring the Wednesday Night Live series into around $6,000, which is about $500 an event. And we hope to offset that further with some sponsorships that we've uh, looked at. The potential benefits. Um, we've already mentioned uh, how many uh, residents and visitors that we feel have attended some of these event events. So it would engage the community. I think Wednesday Night Live is doing a great job of engaging the residents. Um, again, it would drive sales tax and business license tax revenues because people are hopefully going to the bars and you've heard and the restaurants and you've heard some anecdotal comments on that and potentially attract some new new businesses in some of the vacant spaces and things like that. How to measure. I think measuring um, by word of mouth and buzz is one thing, but the return on involvement uh, 
as we showed was about $1.65 per resident. So we'd like to keep it that or less, $2 or less. And um, again, trying to survey their merchants on a quarterly basis because we have been talking with them. Uh, initially, there was a lot of skepticism, but I think as it's been moving forward, everybody has been able to say, yes, it's improving my business and yes, it helps Sausalito. So that's kind of our um, justification and uh, appreciate the opportunity to do these kinds of things. Thank you, Monica. Any questions for Monica? Okay, so, uh, and then um, we have four items. Uh, the first three were just presented. And then of course, we're on a contractual commitment to CBA for two years at $75,000 a year. So this will be a full year of that uh, contract. Uh, it'll continue into the year afterwards, but from when we started, but uh, we're including $75,000 for the coming year as well, or 62.50 per month. So um, what we'll do is I'll, I'm gonna ask if there's any other questions, then we'll go to public comment, and then we'll come back, have an opportunity to close in comments, and then we will uh, have a vote to see if uh, we all approve this request going into city council. And what I'll do is I'll take this presentation, put the other letter on our behalf and send it to our council liaisons um, and the city manager. So uh, let's go to uh, any other questions, John Dray. I thought of a question for Cass on the business improvement district. Um, so, and, and forgive me for my ignorance on this uh, subject, but uh, if a business, downtown business does not want to participate, that's not allowed is my understanding that it is man, it becomes mandatory and is there any um, detrimental effect of that? You know, I, w would a business be, um, you know, uh, just turned off by this and want to maybe leave town because of something like this? I, I understand it's probably going to be a small amount, but I'm just wondering if all the businesses are going to be surveyed here and, and just what kind of participation rate this we would get with this in terms of agreeing to it. Yeah, that's a great question, John. Um, there's a there has to be a vote uh, of the businesses and it depends it'll probably be, be a mix I thought it had to be just the the uh, the landowners uh, but apparently it's land you can make it so it's landover and the businesses and they would have to vote they would have to vote and I think it's uh, let me see my file I think it's 60 percent have to vote for it uh, for the the district to be established so yes, there could be businesses that don't vote for it, but it ends up being a district and they are um, assessed in that district. Uh, would, would it make people not come to, not decide to come and have a business in Sausalito? Um, I'm sure that could happen for some people. As you say, it's, it's not gonna be a huge amount of money for each business. But um, we have, you know, there are several business improvement districts in San Francisco, there are Chris has worked with numerous cities that have implemented business improvement districts. It's a very common thing for a city to do uh, so that frankly, the businesses take on some of the burden uh, uh, that the city has been paying for. It's not supposed to be 
for things that the city's paying has been paying for but that's what ends up happening especially when you talk about security and trash why don't we go to chris he has his hand up and he's very knowledgeable much more than i am <laughs> well you know that's a great question and um uh, i imagine that um the um, vote which would be critical is much like any measure where the majority rules or uh, percentage rules uh, the magic in some of these uh, business improvement districts that I've been involved in is the um, the people that pay are always um, uh, there's no exemption government has to pay churches have to pay uh, so in in the case of um, San Leandro when we formed a business improvement district the largest payer was the city of San Leandro in the case of Anaheim where we were talking about forming one the largest payer would have been the city of Anaheim because it would include Anaheim City Complex downtown uh, anywhere along Caledonia uh, my advice to anybody trying to form one of these things would be to bookend it with the fire and police stations and City Hall so that the largest payer would in fact be the city uh, so it's a way as I explained to folks in Anaheim to get the city uh, to make that financial commitment on an ongoing basis whether they want to or not so in the case of Anaheim we were talking about a million dollar a year budget and the city would have been responsible for four hundred thousand dollars and so if you do the math on that over ten years that's about four million dollars that the city may or may not have invested in downtown but they would be forced to if they formed the district and San Leandro is a much smaller one uh, the business improvement district there was started at about three hundred thousand dollars a year and the city participation was uh, important uh, one of the little um, uh, wrinkles to it was the Catholic Church, which is downtown, uh, didn't want to pay but had to pay, as did the folks at BART. Uh, so um, bottom line is, is uh, in Sausalito's case, uh, I think you would see, if you started on Caledonia, more of a financial impact to the city, which would in fact force the city to ongoing maintenance, security, eventing, and all those things. So, so if you want my two cents on them, um, they are good if they're managed well uh, but if they're not managed well and the city doesn't manage them the city would have a seat at the table as one of the property owners or one of the payees but uh, it's a it's a group of folks that really manage the business improvement district and the actual operation of it is contracted out to a third party whether it's a new city of America or someone else and then they are in charge of doing the work that you know Monica Finnegan does uh, or that city staff does and that doesn't mean the city vacates uh, their responsibilities uh, you know certainly we would have to do the things we normally do but this is over and above kind of scenario and I think there's always going to be people that appreciate it but there certainly will be people that will say I don't I don't want to pay for that and I'm being forced to pay for it much like a sales tax increase or anything else thank you Chris uh, Monica you have your hand up and then we'll go to you John Okay. Yeah, I, I'd like to give a personal anecdote to this commentary. Um, we oh, at one time owned a building in the Union Square bid, and everything, as you know, is measured by the square, the lineal footage of the property. And our, I think, our annual uh, portion of the of the fee was about a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a year. And what we got from that for that in downtown San Francisco in Union Square was high level of maintenance high level of security, marketing, and a lot of other uh, components that we wouldn't have been able to really provide for ourselves. And it unified the entire uh, area of Union Square. It all looked the same, it was all clean, there were uniform guys walk walking around. That's not the magnitude of what we're talking about here. But I think 
as a landlord, it was a fabulous um, service to some of the issues that we were encountering there. So I'll just put that out as a piece of information. John. Okay, um, yeah, that's all good information. Um, so I presume on Caledonia, we'd be talking about the residents on the second floor of those buildings would have to potentially participate in that as well. So that's, I guess that's one worry I would have. Um, and then the other question is, if this gets approved by a vote of those um, businesses, does the city then have the authority to decide against it or are they bound by the vote? Bound by the vote. Wow. Okay. In my understanding, John, is it would not affect residents in the upper yeah. levels. Oh, is that right? Okay, got it. Got it. Um, Thank and, you. And the bid has a board of directors formed out of the folks that contributed funds. So it's not executed by the city, it's by a board of directors of businesses um, to determine what's best for the businesses. Got it, thank you. Okay, um, I see no other committee uh, questions. Um, we will go to public comment uh, and then we'll come back and see if we have approval to move forward. So um, see we have a few public commenters. Uh, Serge, can you help me with this? Sure, uh, Chair Riley, we do have Sandra Bushmaker. Hi, Sandra. You're on mute, Sandra. You're still on mute, Sandra. Thank you, I'm back again. I, uh, I, I wanted to just tell you, I watched the city council meeting on June 3rd, Friday, about the budget issues. And I don't wanna rain on your parade, but the city's got a $2.7 million shortfall that is gonna come from reserves and other funds just to keep the city operating and to keep services at the current limit. Uh, and we also are facing a $99 million need for uh, infrastructure improvements. So I just wanna put that into perspective. I, Chris gave a very concise uh, report on uh, Friday's meeting. And I think it's worth taking a look at that if you really wanna see how your, your budget request is going to fit into this process. So you um, might wanna take a good hard look at it, uh, but recognize what, what you're, when you present this to the city, what you're facing. Thank you. And Sandra, as chair, I concur with your comments. Uh, <laughs> we're putting this in as a request and the city council has to make some very tough decisions on yes. where to invest. Uh, but also what the first part of this presentation, we wanna make sure that we do investments that have returns um, and that we can increasingly improve our measurement of. But uh, this will be a request and the city has to make some difficult decisions with limited funds. Uh, Chris, do you have additional comment on that or I see your hand up? I do, I wanna speak as a resident, as your city manager, uh, and I wanna uh, thank uh, former Mayor Bushmaker for stilling my thunder. Uh, the operative word is structural deficit. Uh, and so, yeah, it is a tough time for the city of Sausalito. It's been a tough time for the city of Sausalito, including our business community. Uh, and so the real question is, you know, um, what is the council prepared to do to um, continue services and, you know, maybe uh, look at some things that are essentially investments that will, will, will change the revenue picture somewhat in a positive way. Um, so. So in terms of um, my questions, I have one, it's 
the amount of money that the city allocated for you that was committed over two years to CDA and was applied to certain things this year that were great with respect to return on involvement and investment. Is there any carry forward from that money that was remaining uh, from the EDAC allocation that the city provided last year? That's one question, because uh, I think that's really important to know. If there's not, I mean, I'm, I'm oblivious to that, would like to know. Uh, I would like to make it very, very clear that uh, when the business improvement district concept came about, it was born out of a conversation with Sausalito Beautiful, who kept lamenting the fact that we couldn't maintain our infrastructure. And my thought was, well, then, you know, business improvement district is a way to force us to, and at the same time, bring additional revenue in. So uh, the lighting uh, approach is fantastic. Uh, the BID approach, you know, I think is something that you can sell as it will, in fact, generate money as opposed to it would take some money from the city, but it would generate money from an, a source that it wouldn't be there in, if, but for that business improvement district. So, so I don't see that as, as a real hard ask, but, but I do uh, need to caution you that, um, you know, that uh, $2.7 million deficit that uh, we whittled down from about $4.5 million is real. And, and the city council's appetite to dig deeper into their reserve to maintain uh, the status quo services that we have uh, I've been told is a one-year, a one-year commitment. Beyond that, you know, unless things get markedly better financially, uh, they will not dip into their reserves again uh, for the third, fourth, or second. I don't know what consecutive year it's been happening here, but so we're working real hard on that. But but again, every ask this year is going to be looked at really closely. Uh, but you know, I think you all can feel pretty uh, confident that you know um, we at City Hall understand the concept of business improvement district and what that really means. Even if it's an upfront cost, there's an ongoing revenue stream attached to it uh, that will provide, you know, some benefit that has been outlined in your, your analysis. Uh, uh, some of the other things, you know, I think uh, might be a little more difficult. Uh, I, I think the idea of, you know, $20,000 to uh, continue the programs that bring software together uh, is probably something that the city council would, would, you know, not react negatively to, but they would, pause so so that's why I asked you the question in terms of a carry forward from last year's allocation you mentioned you didn't spend X amount of dollars in X amount of programs is there any of that in reserve that can be applied to these asks uh, there is and um, I had an earlier slide I can back out to it Chris but I think we we spent sixty three thousand dollars out of about a hundred and thirty that were budgeted so uh, if that rolls forward that's great uh, we also had requested $180,000 towards the planning department improvements, and we don't know if any of what of that was spent. Um, so there are funds from what we requested and were budgeted a year ago that were unspent and could be rolled forward to cover some of this. So, so Chair Riley and members of the board, as a resident and not a resident, as a resident city manager, right? Your local city manager. You know, I think um, if you couch your ask in a way that suggests that, you know, you're taking money that was unspent and applying it to a year forward, that's going to be a much easier request than, you know, we, we need new money because new money is what's difficult to come by. It would add to that 2.7 million, now $3.2 million deficit that we're asking the city council to fund out of their dwindling reserves. That's great. I'll, I will put together that analysis. Thank you, yeah. Chris. Thank you. Um, I noticed Peter Van Meter has his hand up. So can we, uh, I'll let Peter present, Serge. Peter, you've been unmuted and asked to share your video. 
thank you. Um, no video today, but I'm suggesting an item that you might want to add to your list, which is actually would not have a dollar amount requested to be attached to it, but would have a long range future benefit. We all know that the best bang for a buck in, in terms of our city revenues and commercial activities is hotel rooms. The TOT tax is a big, big number. And I would suggest that on your wish list, you might add a program that would be offering incentives to all appropriately zoned property owners to look at redevelopment or new development of hotel rooms in the appropriate districts by offering the waiver of as much or all of the fees as you possibly can. All of the permit costs, plan review, I mean, how far can you go? How can you afford to do it? In fact, to create that incentive to build more hotel rooms, those overnight stays, and all these programs are being uh, promoted. That's what we need, is more overnight stay capacity in Sausalito. So I would suggest that offering a zero budget item request for future people and want to come in and develop hotel rooms would be uh, the best long-term bang for the buck. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. I think uh, we are in alignment with that. But also in the near term, we can just fill the vacant rooms that we have and, uh, and we get that TOT tax. And that's partly what a lot of our marketing is all geared toward is overnight visitors that want an experience. But I think we're in, in agreement with you and I, I captured that idea. Uh, is there any, any other public comment? There are no other hands raised, Chair Ryan. Okay, any comments from the committee before, maybe I'll propose a motion, but uh, I see John Dre has a comment. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, you know, based based on this information that uh, Sandra mentioned and, and Chris also about the uh, the budget deficit and um, the, the operating uh, deficit, um, I, I'm really um, questioning this a little bit. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I was thinking of, and Chris didn't mention this, but the um, the unfunded pension liability that we have, we're looking at, you know, projections of, of, of a recession possible later this year, early next year, higher interest rates, lower equity um, returns. So, you know, there, there's, there's um, some risks coming up and um, I, I'm a little worried on the business improvement district. It, it sounds like it's not only, you know, the 80,000, but it's this recurring responsibility that they would have going forward to invest in this district. And, um, you know, I mean, I think the whole, these are all great ideas, but the time, the timing on this, I'm, I'm just not sure of, uh, the, the brand development, I, I think to myself, boy, if we were Cleveland or Kansas city, that would be one thing, but, Boy, we're Sausalito, and it's you know we're a pretty spectacular city, um, being on the water with our hillside, um, and so it may, maybe it's a matter of of sharpening our pencil a little bit and seeing if we can reduce some of these, um, but um, I, I'm just a little reluctant to to um, vote to um, move this forward as it is. The other thing is, you know, we've only got six out of 11 members and um, 
I may I may think about abstaining here to uh, to get input from our other members here um, at the next meeting. So that's just some of the thoughts going through my head right now. John, uh, so just some thoughts from me on that. Thank you for that um, thoughtful comments. Uh, the first two items on this list are in response to the city council asking us to look into this. Um, so we're just going back to city council saying, this is what you requested, this is what it would cost. Um, secondly, though, on the struggling issues of the finances the city has, I think the one area that EDAC can move the needle for the city positively is on sales tax revenue, business license tax revenue. And, um, and if we just sit back and do nothing, then we'll just report what happens. But if we proactively try to compete against other cities and other locales and get our unfair share of you know, people traveling, we can improve our revenues. And I think our, and according to Sandra, our assumption that anecdotal information says that we can get a good return. We have to get more statistical on that. But um, if we can't make these investments, we don't need this committee, right? There's nothing we can do. Um, we're here volunteering our time to increase the revenues for the city in difficult times. And if we don't want to do anything, you know, we can save ourselves quite a bit of time also. Those are my, my comments on that. Uh, Monica, you have your hand up. Uh, Don was first, but I'll, I don't, I, I will just say one thing. Um, with Heidi gone, we uh, need to develop more um, partnerships with the people in planning. If we had a, an activity of focus for every single vacancy that we have in town, when they come in and make application and whatnot, they get to the top of the list, they get um, concierge service. That group of vacancies that you've seen before where I've suggested what their um, estimated tax uh, revenue could be, that's money right there. If we could ex accelerate the approvals of Boba Tea, of the Bridgeway Cafe, figure out a solution for the uh, challenges that the Princess Street properties are having, which was a planning department or planning issue. If we could get the Hotel Sausalito's project fully for approved and for those guys could get up, constructed, and start making revenue, and that would affect 2023 income. So that's my two cents. Mr. Yeah, uh, my comment would be when it comes to any of the online activities, uh, doing various kinds of publishing, uh, I did some experiments with, you know, well, how much of how much of what we're publishing is selling because we're doing online promotion and how much is just natural word of mouth because we're well established. And so what I did uh, a handful of times on different products is I turned off all marketing, all online activity for a period of 30 to 60 to 90 days. Each time I tried ex that experiment over a period of about five years, sales basically fell through the floor. And I thought, well, maybe it'll come back. That's just an effect off that change. But no, when I turned off those promotional activities, revenue dropped and I ended up being at the point where I was kicking myself for not learning the lesson that when I stopped marketing, I stopped getting revenue. And I see that what the city does in the same way. Um, so obviously it is a tough time. The, the council will have to make very careful decisions, but 
I just wanted to report that anecdotal story of what happened when I tried turning off online marketing efforts because all it did was was damage revenue for the products with which I experimented. So that was my comment. Thank you, Don. Any other questions or comments from the committee? Okay, we've gone to public comment. Um, John's raised concerns about being positive about this request. Uh, does anyone else have any other concerns similar to that? Well, I'd like to, um, what, what we're gonna request is, these are funds we'd like the city to allocate. Um, I will do the analysis that Mr. Zapata asked, which is how much of the funds we requested last year went unused and can roll over to cover this. And quite frankly, if the funds we requested for the planning department were not used uh, and some $60,000 were not used of the other funds, we have more than sufficient funds from last year to cover all this request. Um, so we'll do that analysis um, before submitting this, but I do know that uh, we have about $60,000 of the non-planning department funds that were unspent um, that would reduce this request by that amount. Uh, and 125,000 of this was asked by the city council for us to look into this, right? So we would not be doing our job if we didn't go back and say, this is what you asked and what it would cost to do. Um, so I would like to make a motion that um, I draft a letter that goes with this presentation and that additional information of unused funds uh, for the city to consider in its budgeting, because we are in the final month of budgeting, um, uh, and to complete that this week. So that'd be the motion, if someone would like to second that. Second. And Serge, can you help us with a roll call on that? Sure. Uh, John DeRay? You're, you're muted, John. Tom, um, would it be possible to see the letter before it goes out? Um, it would be. I, I, we, we don't have the luxury to wait a month. No, no. So Just could, you, could you send it around to all of us? Or no, you can't do that, can you? Yeah, I, I'm on able to do that. What we can do is create a subcommittee and I'm happy to have you on it to take a look at the letter um, so that it's not a quorum of us. Okay, I, if we could do that, then I'd, be, uh, then I'd be in favor. What I would suggest is we keep it to three of us then. Um, so it'd be myself, John, and one other, if someone else would like to review this letter. Uh, I suggest Cass. <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. Yes, thank you for raising your hand, or Monica raising your hand. Um, okay, so that'll be our subcommittee. I'll draft the letter, I'll get your feedback. Thank you. Okay. So John, would you like to respond to Serge? Yes, so I'm a, I'm a yes. Um, uh, Scott Thornburg? Yes. Monica Finnegan? Yes. Don Daglow? Yes. I Chair Green? Yes. And Chair Riley. Yes. Motion okay. passes. Thank you. That was a long discussion and we are over our time, but we should wrap up with um, just getting some updates. And I'd like to ask uh, our city manager, you've been very active with us today, but do you have any additional updates for us? 
right? Our city manager may have stepped away from his desk. I'll ask Julie uh, from the chamber if she has any updates or information for us. No updates. Oh, here's the city manager okay. back. Uh, Chris, do you have anything else for us? No, beyond um, June 3rd, and we're working on the um, big gaping uh, hole we have with Heidi's departure to try to see what we can do to keep the, the trains moving in the right direction. So uh, be mindful of that, but that's something we're really being um, attentive to. Thank you. And Chris, always lean on us if we can help in any way. There's some great talent on this committee. Always willing to help out. You always do. Thank you. I think our council liaisons both had to drop. Um, either Jill or Ian with us? No. Okay. Chris is saying something. Oh, Chris, you have other comments? Un unmute. Yeah, and I, I just know the council member Hoffman had to leave early. Mm. Yes. Okay, this takes us to um, our next. Um, well, first of all, I have to ask is there any public comment on uh, those few days on updates? Uh, at this time, I see no public comment. So we'll move on to our final item, which is our next meeting um, would typically fall on July the 4th. I'm pretty certain that none of you want to meet with me on that date. Um, may I suggest we roll it a week to July 11th? That look good. Okay, so we'll plan for July 11th from 3 to 5 p.m. Are there any specific topics that anyone would like to make sure that's included on the agenda? And Don, you have your hand up, so I don't know if that from before. You're on mute, Don. Okay. Any specific topics? John? Tom, I wonder if it's appropriate to um, discuss the future of the committee in lieu of, um, you know, th these decisions, th these broad decisions about the different committees um and you know what our role would be if any going forward uh you know based on all this this discussions yes i think that's very appropriate john because we're also a number of us have our roles our terms have expired uh some new members were interviewed but we're holding off on appointing so chris maybe by that july meeting we can have an update on what the plan is going forward and um, and again, we also know that these committees are a burden and we wanna make sure that we are helping the city, not burdening the city. So um, it'd be good to have that discussion and see how we can align with that. Yeah, just so everyone knows, um, you know, this was a point of emphasis in October that, you know, Sausalito had uh, a lot of historical and add-on committees task force, obviously uh, legally required commissions. And so uh, what my, recommendation the city council was is uh, it's great to have all of this great um, brain power and commitment to the community, but the staffing levels can't sustain it. And so uh, the idea was, okay, let's take a look at that in March. And so the council authorized me to send out to every committee commission uh, task force that isn't required by law uh, to uh, talk about ways they think they could um, reconstruct themselves, shorten their meetings, frequency of meetings, merge, become public private sector models or nonprofit models, all kinds of things, which that letter is going out. If it hasn't gone out yesterday, it's gone out this week and it will uh, provide for a, um, what I call a, um, an opportunity for folks to 
give me their thoughts before July 1st so that I can start to advise the council in the coming year or the coming uh, month so that after I get everybody's input and there are probably um, 37 groups that are gonna get this letter and a lot of them council led committees, uh, including this one. And I appreciate Chair Riley giving me some preliminary thoughts on, on what he thought in terms of ways that, you know, we could work in a way that was productive and mindful of city resources, staffing resources, uh, that, that, you know, his thoughts have, have been very, very helpful, but I'm waiting for everyone else's too. And then it'd be a good time for me to give you an update on what I got and, and where I think this is all headed. So happy to give you, be on your agenda, uh, July the 11th, is that what I heard? Yes. And, and, and provide an overview of the responses I received, the ideas, and, you know, that would help inform my conversation with the city council going forward on what they ultimately want to do because these are all council created uh, bodies. And as you know, some of them are, you know, quite uh, intensive and require staff time. And so the question is, can we be more effective by streamlining some of this uh, and creating new models of these committees or disbanding some of them and merging them? There's a lot to look at, so we want to do that. Wonderful, and hopefully a year and a half ago, we set a tone with this committee, which was a merging of two former committees uh, into one. Uh, but I also agree that streamlining all these committees, uh, even this one, uh, is we can rethink how we'd be more efficient. Appreciate it. Okay, and John, thank you for that. I'll make sure that we have that. That'll be probably our primary topic next uh, next meeting, uh, in addition to the funds that we've got allocated in the budget. So um, with that, um, we are ready to adjourn this meeting. And I thank you and apologize we went long today, but it was a very productive conversation. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for all your advice too. Okay, everyone, bye-bye. Thanks a bunch.